It's a great day to be alive, is it not? Have you ever, before GPS and everything else came along, have you ever been trying to find a certain location and you stop and ask somebody, how do you get so and where? And they will say, well, just go back that way. You can't miss it. But you did. <laughs> Have you ever bought a toy for your kids and you put it all together only to find out they put some extra pieces in the box? And your wife says to you, honey, did you read the directions? Let's talk about how important directions really are. In your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Boy, we had a great ladies conference. I'll tell you, we had a crowd of ladies here. And our folks worked and diligently uh, serve the Lord through that time. And I'm so proud at uh, what you ladies learnt and felt. And, and I pray that uh, it was a blessing to you. And so today as you look in your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 21. Tonight Brother Andrew will be speaking. And uh, I told him I'd preach on the triumphant entry if he'd preach on the triumphant exit. So today I'm preaching on the triumphant entry and next week is Easter and he'll be preaching on the triumphant exit. On the third day, he came out of the grave. He's not there, he's risen. Are you glad of that? So he'll be preaching on the triumphant exit and I'm preaching on the triumphant entry, all right? The Bible says in the verse one, and when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, they were come to Bethphage and unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying, Go unto them, unto the village over, oh, village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her, loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and setting upon an ass, and a colt, the fowl of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Now, that'll be our thought for today. I'll read on, but the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Our Lord's mother said to the disciples, whatever he saith unto you, do it. And brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes and they set them thereon. 
And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosea to the, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Shall we pray for just a moment? Our Father, today we thank you for this very special occasion. Now, Lord, the text is just five days before Calvary. Our Lord is omniscient. Our Lord is all-knowing. Our Lord knew everything that would transpire in the days and hours to come. He knew about Pilate's hall. He knew of the scourging. He knew of the crown of thorns. He knew of the brutal fist in his face. And yet... He was obedient. He himself followed the instructions. He set his face as a flint to Calvary. Nothing deterred. Nothing hindered. Nothing sidetracked. And he's on his way. Today he proclaims himself to be king. Today, he declares himself to be a savior. And Lord, we have all the instructions that he's ever going to give. Help us to listen now intently, learn something. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Just five days. Before Calvary. On the heels of the resurrection of Lazarus, just one chapter away. And Lazarus' resurrection has sent a shockwave through all the community, both politically and religiously. News is out the miracle worker has raised Lazarus. From the dead. This one they call Jesus is doing marvelous and magnificent and wonderful things. The crowds gather. Some has estimated that there could have been as many as 300,000 pilgrims in Jerusalem for the Passover. Just five days until the feast of the Passover is celebrated. Pilgrims from all over the world travel to Jerusalem to participate in the Passover ceremony. It's the last week of Jesus' life on this earth. It's time for the Passover. Thousands have gathered. Five days elapse until it comes to pass. 
It's a time to celebrate Israel's deliverance from Egypt many years ago by the blood of the Lamb. If you have your Bible sometimes, you can look in the book of Exodus chapter 12 and it explains thoroughly what's taking place. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 3 tells the people in Egypt to take every man a lamb. Verse 5, your lamb shall be of the first year without spot or blemish. Verse 6, kill it in the evening. Verse 7, take the blood and strike it on the doorpost and the lintel. And in verse number 12, I will send... I will pass through the land of Egypt. And verse 13, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So every house in Egypt that was obedient to the command of God of taking a lamb and slitting the lamb's throat, taking the blood, putting it on the doorpost and on the lintel, when the death angel flew through Egypt, and saw that blood, the firstborn in the house was safe. And the Bible says in verse 14, And this day shall be unto you forever a memorial. Ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Now this is what Israel is doing. As many as 300,000 folk could have gathered now around the temple area for the celebration of the deliverance of God of the children of Israel out of Egypt, commemorating this through all generations. They still practice that this day. And what's so phenomenal? Now think about it. From Moses to the time of our text, How many thousands of lambs have they sacrificed? Literally hundreds and thousands of lambs have been sacrificed and the blood poured out into this vessel and the vessel is carried to the mercy seat and Poured on the mercy seat to postpone the sin. How many lambs could have died throughout the history until the writing of the text? And yet, watch this. They missed the true lamb. Somebody asked John the Baptist, who's that coming down the road in John 1 and 29? And John lifted his eyes and said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That was Jesus. And they sacrificed lambs throughout all their history and yet they missed the real lamb of God that could take away the sins of the world. Somebody, somebody has failed 
And I believe when you have absolutely, when everything else fails, why not check the directions? I heard someone say recently that the Muslim's God is the same as our God. Now, I suppose the Buddhist God is the same as our God. And I would suppose, maybe, all gods lead to the same place because, after all, you do spell them the same. You know what's happened in America? We fail to read the directions. And so everything goes and everybody's going to heaven. All you got to do is fee five o fum come to church occasionally, and everything's all right. You better read the directions. Because you got some bolts loose. The Lord in the Bible gave us specific directions. Now let me show you something and I want to help you a little bit. Today's all about Zechariah 9.9. I'm going to go into Zechariah 9.9 and I'm not going to go how that Alexander the Great was the great horrid that came down and how that he spared Jerusalem. We're not going to do that at all. Zechariah 9.9 is prophesying uh, the first coming and the second coming of the king. The first coming, he's riding on a donkey. The next one, he's not riding on a donkey. He's riding on a white horse, Revelation chapter 19. He's coming the first time lowly and meek and riding on a steed that most kings rode on when they come into town in peace. But the next time he comes, he's not coming on a white donkey. He's coming on a white horse in Revelation 19. He's not coming as a savior. He's coming as a sovereign the next time. He's not coming as a savior the first, the last time. He's coming as king of kings and lord of lords. But today we'll not get into all of that. I'd just like to get down to where we are and where the rubber meets the road. Is any God okay? Are there many ways to get to heaven? Is your way as good as my way since I don't have a way? He has a way. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by him. Is that no? The problem is, folks, we forgot to read the directions. Are you listening? It's not how you feel. It's not how granny felt. It's not how granddaddy felt. It's not how your great-great-granddaddy, who was a Baptist preacher, felt. It's what does God say? We come with a set of directions. Amen. Now, when my daddy told me something, I did not say, Dad, do you have another rendition? How about another translation, Dad? <laughs> Daddy would say, son, now get this whole 
in your hand. I want you to go back yonder to that tobacco patch and I want you to beat those clods all day long. I said, Daddy, do you have another translation that I could read? Is you, are, are you here now? This is not to blow you away. It's to inform you. Jesus told his disciples to do something specifically. They did not question. They did not say, well, what if the man don't want to let me to have the mule? Do any of you remember my sermon on what about the, what about the man with the donkey? Here's Jesus' specific instructions. Can I read it for you, please? Verse 1 and 2 and 3. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage under the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples about two miles south of Jerusalem, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. But Lord, what if they don't want me to have them? Lord, could I do it this evening after work? I've got something planned today. So Lord, if it be all right, why don't you send Leroy instead of me? I know nobody here would go through that rigmarole. If God told you to do something, you're ready to do it, right? After work. Let's go on. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say the Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. Now the Lord's directions are direct and specific. Go to a certain town. When you walk into town, there will be a donkey. I'd rather use that word, but that's all right. Tied with its mother. Just grab them and leave with them. That's not too deep, is it? I said, that's not too deep, is it? Do you understand those instructions? The Lord always is specific in his instructions. He never writes over our head. I can appreciate honest, honest instructions. The Bible is very plain. It says, How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Stubbornness keeps us from knowing all truth. 
Many of us are hard-headed. No, most of you are hard-headed. Most of us has our own ideas, do we not? Most of us have a sign on our forehead. I can handle this job all by myself. Kind of reminds me of that lady, you know, that was deep in prayer. And she said, Dear Lord, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I have not been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or even indigent. I'm very thankful for that. But in a short time, I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm thinking after that I'll need your help. Anybody here like that? I just believe that the instructions God give us is understandable, very specific, and very plain. Two preachers was out fishing. And they were fishing by this canal, if you please. And they made a sign and set it right where they were fishing so that everybody who drove by could see. This sign said, the end is near. Turn yourself around now before it's too late. One old boy drove by and said, Why don't you stinking spreakers keep your message to yourself? And suddenly they heard a big splash. One of the preachers said, Do you think maybe we should have just said bridge out instead? You'll have to stand up and get that after a while. (laughs) You don't have to be confused as to what God is always trying to say. This is God's specific, plain instructions. And when you get out of bed, you're going to need him. When you start life, this will work. You ought to follow God's directions. Now, God's directions are not only specific, they'll always be spiritual and scriptural. Boy, I tell you, I I see so much going on today. If you'd have told me uh, 25 years ago, what the issues of the day would be today, I would call you a liar. I mean, the issues of today is is no longer your kids spitting in the street. The issues of the day is not whether your kid's going to smoke or not when they get in school. 
Uh, issues today have just absolutely went haywire. Notice the Lord's directions are scriptural in verse 4 and 5. Notice he says to them, I want you to do something. But in verse 4 and 5, he said, All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Jerusalem, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Do you know this is the first time our Lord has not snuck into Jerusalem. This is the first time he's ever entered in this specific gate. Every other time he came uh, as uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, very cautious and uh, and uh, hidden, if you please, came in by way of the fish gate, by the way uh, where the sacrifices were brought in. He was not proclaiming himself to be anything, but now this time it's different. He's coming to Jerusalem, proclaiming himself to be king. But he's riding on a donkey. And the steed in which they rode was pertinent to how they were coming. If the watchman sitting on the wall, and that was the way they identified, that was the radar in that day, standing on the wall, saw a king coming, he could determine why he was coming by the steed that he was riding. If he was riding a white mule, he was coming in peace. If he was riding a white stallion, he was coming for war. And so this time, in fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9, he's proclaiming himself king, peaceful king, Messiah, not a conquering king, but a forgiven savior. Behold, Thy king cometh. His directions was specific and they were scriptural. Are you listening to me today now? Listen, you want to know how to live? Get your head out of Fox and CNN and B-U-L-L and get it in the book. You want to know about male and female. You want to know about marriage. Guess where you better look. You said, I didn't like that. Do you see any concern in either one of those eyes? I don't need an atheistic teacher telling my kids and my grandkids what they are. The doctor did that at the hospital by checking the plumbing. Somebody better start following the directions. And God's directions will always be specific. Male and female created he them. Yes, 
His directions are always specific. And they'll always be scriptural. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Is anybody listening to me now? You say, well, preacher, I don't understand what's going on. You need to read the directions. Turn your TV off and turn Jesus on. Amen. Get your head out of the box and get it in the book. Because his directions are always specific. (laughs) Well, that went over kind of like a pregnant pole vaulter. Mary said, whatever he saith unto you, do it. Amen. Just do it. Just do it. I mean, if God says, do it. It just works. Amen. You say, how you know that? Well, look how pretty I am. <laughs> most, most folks are so confused. Oh, I'll tell you. I was watching Fox News last night. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, I think I watched this program just under another title a little while ago. Anybody that way? Uh, Then I turned over and Western Channel lost them doves on. I've seen that 45 times. (laughs) We're just, we're just, we're just absolutely confused. Kind of remind me of the highway patrol sitting by roadside one day. Waiting to catch speeders, you know, or people running stop signs in Joshua. And here come a car down the road, 22 miles an hour, putting along. So, I got a ticket one time for going too slow. That's honest truth. Back in 1950-something. And, and the highway patrol said, you know, it's about as dangerous going so slow as it is speeding. So I'm going to stop this driver and, and see what in the world's going on. And so this highway patrol pulled this car over and it had five elderly ladies in the car and one, the oldest one looked like she was driving. And the highway patrol said, ma'am, I thought I'd stop you. She said, yeah, I was wondering why you stopped me. I'm not speeding. I'm, oh, by the way, ma'am, is there something wrong with those ladies in the back seat? No, no, they're all right. Well, they look kind of pale. Yeah, yeah, well, they're just old like me, I suppose. She said, well, why did you stop me? She said, I was going the speed limit. I just passed the sign back there and it said 22 miles an hour. He said, ma'am, 
That's not the speed limit. That's the highway number. She said, really? He said, yes, ma'am. He said, you sure those folks in the back seat all right? She said, yes, ma'am. We just got off Highway 135. (laughs) Better follow directions. You know why you're so confused? You should have followed directions. And his directions are always to the point and specific. And they're always scriptural. I need to close. They'll always be sure. Huh? Specific, scriptural. And sure. I'm glad of that. Just like Jesus, he was right in every detail. Dr. Dwight L. Moody was a tremendous preacher in the past. And at one of his meetings, somebody came up to him and said, Dr. Moody, God is leading me to give you a pair of shoes. What size do you wear? He said, Dear friend, If God's leading you to give me a pair of shoes, they'll fit. He knows what size I wear. They're always sure. Number one, let me share this with you. His instructions tells us where to stand. The Bible said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Look around you. Look at the devil's nasty little tricks he's pulling on society. Look at the venomous, nasty tactics the devil's using to steal our kids, to wreck our nation. Look at them. Churches are empty now. They're looking for drama and not preaching. They're wanting a thrill. We better be able to read God's book, His Word, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. His instructions are not only to help us stand, it'll tell us when we have sinned. You see, we look today as sin as a mistake. It's not. It's a breach against God. It's breaking the law of God. It's falling short of what God wants us to be. Is anybody here today? Well, I just feel, I don't, really don't matter how you feel. It's, what does this say? What's the instructions say? 
May I say, the Bible said, if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. Amen. Sin no longer hurts us. The Bible said, for all of sin, they come short of the glory of God. The Bible said, the wages of sin is death. You say, I'm no sinner. Are you dying? Look in the mirror and see if the mirror says the same thing it said 10 years ago. I look at mine and it says, wow. I looked at one yesterday and said, are you ridiculous? Are you still around? You see, God's direction tells us That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. But, are you glad that but's there? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's specific. That's scriptural. That's sure. And his directions always are. Amen? Now you can't hardly explain it. But you sure can experience it. I I can't tell you how that 50 some years ago I knelt in my living room by my couch, a hell bound sinner. And just a few moments later, I stood up a heaven born saint. I, I can't tell you how that on a Thursday evening I knelt at my couch. And I knelt there. A drinking, gambling, hell-raising individual. And I stood up a different man. What used to be attractive now is ugly. What used to be ugly now is attractive. The songs I used to like to listen to have changed. I don't know how to explain that. Other than I had been born again. Amen. 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 Yes, born again. Just like Jesus said. If you're here today and you have never been born again, you need to follow the instructions. And you need to be born from on high. I like that. And I'm going to close. His instructions tells us where to stand. I don't have to worry about what's going on about me because I know that something is going on within me. Hmm? I know where I stand. I know why I stand. And instructions are so so specific and so plain and so simple. It tells us how And when we need to be saved. The Bible said, behold, today is the day of salvation. You preacher, I'm going to get saved one day. No, no, no. You're not going to get saved when you want to. You either get saved when God wants you to. Or you're not going to get saved. You say, I'll do it right before I die. You know, I've held people's hand 
and shared with them the gospel and listened to them to say, Preacher, I know I'm lost. And I know if I died right now, I'll go to hell. But I'm just not ready. And I saw them close their eyes. I've seen them close their eyes and go out and meet God as their hand grows cold in mine saying, I'm just not ready. You won't ever get ready. Is God ready? If God's ready, then you might ought to get ready. Because this is God's deal. It ain't yours. How about you thought you was here today by accident? No, preacher, I've been planning to come all week long. God's been planning for you to come lots longer than that. He knew just which seat you sat in. Knew just which message you need to hear. And this book is so direct. It's not only tell you how to be saved. It will tell you when to be saved. Behold, the Bible said, today is the day of salvation. For whosoever. Do you know any whosoever's? For whosoever, are you a whosoever? For whosoever, I am so glad that I was a whosoever. (laughs) For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, well, preacher, I don't understand that being saved business. Do you understand being lost? Which would you rather be, saved or lost? Saved or lost? You say, preacher, I'm not a theologian. Can you think? Would you rather be saved or lost? Those are biblical terms. Saved or lost. My son was lost and now he's found. Now he's saved. I don't know your condition today, but I know somebody that does. I don't know what your thoughts are today but I know what Jesus thought for you today he's not willing that anybody here should perish but that all should come to repentance how do you do that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved don't you think it's about time we quit trying to put this old thing together Without his directions? Don't you think it's about time we finally come to realize maybe we need to read the directions?